It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are turning it up a notch today. We have dueling goats, stunning long shots, your hot takes, and James Harden looking like he really cares. Stop the presses. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Wow, you know, we actually have a lot of places that we can start today. As the assembled members of the hashtag crew come around us, and today it's only the one. We've got hashtag Nuno with us today. Hembo's on vacation this week. Lord knows what he's doing. I guarantee you it's something awful. Bubba will be back tomorrow. But Nuno and I will take you through these next two hours, and I am going to take you through a bit of a weekend recap, and it starts with James. Back out to Oladipo guarding James. Three to shoot. Three-point shot by Harden. It's good! Harden with a career game for the Sixers. In terms of his time in Philadelphia, he bellows. The beard has hit another three. That's well said on 97.5 The Fanatic. It was anything but a career game for James Harden if you don't include the in Philadelphia part. And here's what I thought was fascinating. You know, Nuno, I can't make up my mind exactly what things I want to say about this performance because I will admit there's a part of me that wants to say, where has that been? Like, that's the James Harden that we remember. That guy knocking down shots, the step-back threes, playing with a little bounce in his step, playing with a level of emotion as opposed to the sort of detached cool that we've all become kind of accustomed to and I think at times frustrated by. But that seems overly negative, particularly on the morning after he just played by far his best game of the series. So I think what I just want to say is, good for him. He played a big game last night, and if he continues that, I think the Sixers have a real shot to win this series. As they go back to Miami, the Heat have home court advantage in a best of three at this point. But I think the Sixers have two of the three best players. And in fact, if Harden is going to play like that, well, I mean, Butler was unbelievable last night. Let's just leave it at two of the three best players. I think Philly has a real shot in this series. Nuno, what do you think? I completely agree, but I'll ask you this. If he continues to play the way he played yesterday, do they have a shot in the Eastern Conference Final against either the Celtics or the Bucks? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they do. Uh, if he plays like that, then you've got what we thought they might have when he got there, which is to say Embiid, I think, should get better and better. Look, I feel bad for Embiid. Forgotten because he's wearing the mask, it's so prominent that you remember that he just had the concussion and he's got the fractured orbital side. He's also got a torn ligament in his thumb. I mean, Embiid is like the walking wounded. I feel bad for him. It's probably unrealistic to expect him to be at his absolute best. I don't know that we're going to get like a 42.21 rebound kind of game out of Embiid. And that hurts them because he's the best player in the series. Uh, Jimmy G Buckets and, and, and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey and, you know, Tyler Hero and everybody else at Bam Adebayo, the best player is Embiid. I don't know that we're going to get that from him. And I think that is what keeps them from having a legit, a legit chance to win the championship. I think I would favor Boston. The winner of Boston-Milwaukee, you tell me this. 
I favor the winner of Boston-Milwaukee over whoever comes out of the Sixers-Heat series. I have no idea who's going to win that. But the answer to your question, could I see if, if, if Embiid somehow manages to get better and better and come back and look like the MVP caliber player that he was all year long, then certainly with a good James Harden-Nuno, I could see them winning the East, maybe even winning the championship. I won't go as far as with the championship. Um, I do think... You know, the Heat are just a, and I feel bad because I thought the, at least because I thought that the Heat could actually, you know, had enough to dominate this series, even with a, you know, Embiid, healthy, and Harden. I thought they had enough to win this series, but that Kyle Lowry injury is is destroyed them. The fact that Duncan Robinson, they signed, they gave him $90 million last year, and he's played one minute this series when they can't hit a three um, says a lot. And, I, you know, it's, I think, a cute story. Miles saw the thing when I think about the Sixers now. Has, Hart, has uh, Doc Rivers done enough to save his job? Well, look, they have the built-in excuse of the injuries to Embiid. And I think, yes, look, I think Eric Spolstra is one of the elite coaches in the NBA. So to sit here and question him does seem odd. But I'm with you. It's one thing to say I'm not going to have Robinson on the floor in the fourth quarter of these games when they're being decided. But when you're shooting 7 of 35 from 3, which they did last night, and you have Duncan Robinson, and he never gets off the bench at all. He took a DNP last night, and he's had a bunch of them. To for anyone who's not been watching the series closely, Nuno's not saying that facetiously. He has literally played one minute. So I agree with you. That is confusing. Again, is a great coach. Do I think Doc saves his job? I, I think there's so much yet to be decided. Like there, there were so many twists and turns because this thing felt over and now it certainly feels anything but. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at, at Progressive.com. Next thing I want to go over was this. Chris Paul defending with five fouls. Brunson spins, missed the shot, got it back, put it up. Loose ball, foul against Phoenix. Chris Paul has fouled out of game four with 8.58 to go. That was one of the most astounding things. The day that Chris Paul had yesterday, and, and look, after the game, we find out that there was an incident, to the best of our understanding, in the, in the crowd where his family was harassed. Someone, the, the term that was used was put hands on his wife. If all of that is accurate, obviously it's disgraceful. And, and all the obvious things that one would say in this case, uh, the fans were ejected and, and whatever else happened. That, that's just horrendous, horrific and apart from the basketball of it all, when you get to the basketball of it all, let me tell you, Nuno, how I was watching that game. You could lose the music here, guys. I'm, I'm, let's just have a discussion. So, so here's what happened yesterday. We come in here to do halftime, right? So it's me, Stephen A., and Jalen. And we walk in. Chris Paul has three fouls. They've taken him out of the game. He's not going to come back in for the rest of the first half, I didn't think. I'm looking down because I'm finishing up notes. And I don't even realize they put Paul back in the game for the final offensive possession because I'm, I'm, you know, writing some stuff up. We're getting set to do halftime. There's literally one second left in the half. And in unison, I hear both Stephen A. and Jalen scream, what is he doing? And so that foul stunned me. Chris Paul going hard after that offensive putback in the final second of the first half to get his fourth foul stunned me, absolutely stunned me. And then the two fouls he got in the second half, while both, I think, could easily have been ignored or are gone the other way, certainly the little move that he does where he jumps in front of the defender and then slows down and gets run over, that was his fifth foul. 
That was one that could easily have gone the other way. And, and the last one, the hand in the cookie jar that you just heard the play-by-play of there, I also, they could have easily ignored that if they wanted to. But for him, to, knowing he had that many fouls, to put himself in a position where he could foul out of that game the way he did, he had five points and six fouls in a critical game on the road. That is one of the most astonishing no-shows from a player of his caliber, Nuno, that I can remember seeing in a really long time. Yeah, and and I know you'll probably say I'm crazy, but what I think will happen if they lose this series, right? Like they win that game, the Mavs win that game. Luca wasn't great. Uh, if they if they lose this series, that narrative that ever that a lot of people have on Chris Paul that you know his teams have choked away leads. He you know he hasn't come up big in in some of these moments. Will just get louder and louder, and you know it could be legacy defined. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. There's no other way to say it. They, they played, they lost these two games in Dallas, and he's a huge part of the reason why. He had seven turnovers in the first half on Friday night celebrating his 37th birthday. And so the narrative going into our game yesterday was he's going to come back with a vengeance. And, and of course, he did just the opposite. So now we can sit here and say he'll come back with a vengeance tomorrow night at home. And I do expect that. And, and I am the farthest thing in the world from a Chris Paul basher. I, I put much more stock into the brilliance of his career than I do the times he has come up short. A lot of those have been injury-related. But he, he needs to do it because I think Golden State is going to now win that series in five. I, I think they win easily tonight. I think they go back to Memphis and win. I don't think Morant plays again in the series. Um, and, and so if you're the Suns, you don't want to mess around and go seven games with the Mavericks, and all of a sudden you're dealing with a rested and ready Golden State team in that conference final. So I think this has already been damaging for them. You know that starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I mean, I have Wendy coming up in a few minutes, Nuno, so we'll go through all the rest of the basketball with him, but I did want to get this in. Epicenter and Sandin, these two, strive for stride, simplification down the outside is next, and coming down to the wire, Epicenter Sandin, reach right, is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. What a great call that is on the Horse Racing Radio Network. For any of you who didn't follow this this weekend, Rich Strike on Friday morning was not entered in the Kentucky Derby. Saturday night, the 80-1 to long shot was a Derby champion. In the final few paces, the jockey cut him to the inside. He beat two favorites. It's one of the longest odds horses to ever win the race. So, Nuno, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You listed for me some other things that are currently 80 to 1 at Caesars. So it's easy to say, well, none of these will happen. Well, all of them are as likely, at least according to the people who make their living designating the odds, as Rich Strike was to win the Kentucky Derby. So, 80 to 1, you pick me a winner. The USA to win the World Cup. The Marlins to win the World Series, the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl, Sergio Garcia to win the PGA Championship, Josh Hader to win the National League Cy Young, 
Lamar Jackson to lead the league in rushing yards next season, bearing in mind that he's a quarterback. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Give me one. Which one of those are we going to make a fortune? We'll put a, a few bucks on it, 80 to 1, and it'll pay off and we'll all retire. Which one? I, I actually like the Josh Hader one. Um, he has saved 11 games so far. He's only given up two hits, uh, four walks, uh, and th- facing 38 batters. So I like the Hader one. It's kind of a good one. The U.S., we have no chance of winning the World Cup, right? No, not no, yet. No, no. None. Seahawks have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. None. I mean, I don't know how long the odds ever get in Vegas, but 80 to 1 doesn't seem like nearly enough. Like, you'd have to offer me, what would you have to offer you for you to get to bet an amount of money that mattered on the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl? I would say 100 million to 1. <laughs> like, you, there are no odds. They have no chance. Does, right? does Caesar think that like uh, Baker's going to get released and Baker's going to be the answer to their uh, their question? Right. Because even so, is Baker Mayfield leading the Seahawks to winning the championship? I mean, no. There's just no chance. Sergio Garcia is is too busy fetching about the tour. He's not winning anything. Um, Lamar Jackson could he lead the league in rushing? He has no receivers. They have no wide receivers in that team. He's got like nine tight ends. He's going to run with the ball on every play. I think Lamar Jackson leading the league in rushing. You might say, that's crazy, Green. It'll never happen. Well, an 80-1 to long shot just won the Kentucky Derby. I think Lamar Jackson leading the league in rushing is not impossible. Let's put it this way, Nuno. I think there's a much better chance Lamar Jackson leads the league in rushing than there is the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. Those don't seem to me to be equivalent ideas. No, and uh, looking back, Lamar's best year was like 1,200, uh, yeah. 1,200 yards in uh, 19. So, I mean, he's going to have to get about twelve to 1,300 yards next year. So I, that might be the one. In a league where everybody throws the ball, they're going to be running the ball. I don't think it's completely impossible. All right, Brian Winhorse is going to join us in a couple of minutes here. We'll go through all the NBA. There's so much to dive into today, and I do promise we will have time today for your calls with hot takes as well. A reminder, 303 Products has your number with a full line of premium protectants and cleaners. They have everything you need to keep your car looking new longer. Windy is next, and we're just getting started. My name's Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
I said it before the game, I felt like he was going to have a, a, a big game tonight, you know, and I didn't know 31 points, I didn't know all the other stuff. That's the reason why he's here, uh, you know, that's the reason why we brought him. He's been doing that his whole career, and uh, you know, that's why he's here. James Harden, a huge part of the story. Joel Embiid, excited to see it. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, and in 30 seconds, my main man, Wendy, Brian Winhorst, will join me here. We'll go through that performance and all the rest of the NBA storylines after an, an unbelievable basketball weekend. Again, I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you about ZipRecruiter. According to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority this year. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture, that's key to attracting and keeping great employees. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter with technology that finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review these candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. As promised, uh, here is Wendy, my NBA insider extraordinaire. He's got the Hoop Collective podcast and a whole lot more, and he's with us here on ESPN Radio. So, Wendy, we'll start with Harden, and you and I had a good opportunity to talk about him on Get Up this morning. And, And I guess the question is, should we expect to see more performances like that? Because if we get them, we may very well see the Sixers come out of a series in which I thought they were absolutely done against Miami. I wish I had a good answer for you, but I don't. Um, he definitely looked better. He definitely looked lighter on his feet. But you could also just chalk it up to he made his shots. And and the stats in, the stats in this series on the three-point shooting say everything. In games one and two, Philadelphia, 14 of 64 down in Miami on three. They lose. Games three and four. Miami, 14 of 65 in Philly. Hmm. They lose. It could just be that this is a three-point shooting base series. Harden rides the wave of a good three-point shooting night, and it could dramatically inverse again in game five. And look, I mean, Greeny, it's not just straight shooting luck. Other things have happened. The Sixers changed up their defense on Tyler Hero. Joel Embiid came back, and it created more space, including for Harden. But as great as that was, and as you know, as, as much fun as the fans had cheering for Harden really vociferously like that for the first time, I still am not sure whether it's a one-off or not. i got to wait and see. Yeah. It, it, it's, to me, it's the biggest question that we have. And we had Tim Legler on with us this morning, and the name Tyrese Maxey didn't come up much, but it feels to what Legler said, and I'm to see if you agreed with it because we didn't have time to really dive into it. The Sixers are going to get what they're going to get from Embiid. And then if they get a huge night in any game in which they get a huge night from either Harden or Maxi, they have an excellent chance to win. Does that feel like the formula as they need two wins in the next three games and at least one of them has to come in Miami? Yeah, it could be. I mean, one of the things that I've learned in covering dozens of series over the last 20 years, a lot of time it comes down to what's your margin for error? What can you do as a team and still get a win? You know, I just, saw the series I'm covering the other night, you know, Milwaukee, they didn't play great as a team, but because they have Giannis, they have a much bigger margin for error because Embiid is back in the series and you know, he's going to deliver defense and rebounding and his size, the Sixers margin for error has widened. They can now survive a game where Harden has a bad shooting night or Maxi isn't as impactful because they now have Giannis or they, sorry, they now have Embiid. And really, if you are 
a team like Philly and you're 2-2 in a three-game series, even though you don't have home court, you feel like you've got the best player. And Miami fans would disagree, say, no, no, Jimmy is playing great, and he is. But you feel in a, in a best of three when you have the best player, you love your chances, and I'm sure that's where Philly is right now. So we'll see where that thing goes. And then if you had told me before this series that the number one storyline, at least as far as Twitter was concerned, was going to be Duncan Robinson, I would have <laughs> laughed at you. But that has become a huge story, and the Heat fans are, you know, they're all over Twitter. And, and I think Eric Spolstra is – if he's not the best, he's right in the handful of best coaches in the NBA. So who am I to question him? But I do think to not give Duncan Robinson any chance to get out there at a time where, as you point out, they, they can't make a three-point shot to save their lives, however much money they're paying him. But Stephen A. pointed out they're also paying him a lot of money. It's confusing to me. How do you read it, Wendy? Well, Max Struess, who's basically gotten Duncan Robinson's minutes, is making the minimum. So, you yeah. know, you just can't base it on money. Um, look, in game two, Duncan Robinson did not play. He was in Miami, and the Heat went 14 of 29 on threes. They hit their shots that night. The last two games, they have not hit their shots. The, the curveball in this series, I, you know, I, I really wouldn't have believed that the strategy, you know, where the rubber meets the road on the strategy is hero. Because that's what happened. You know, Doc Rivers has built his defensive strategy around dealing with with Tyler Hero. He's more worried about Hero than he is about Jimmy Butler, and in the the Heat's inability to deal with those um, with those you know traps on him. You know, the thing is, the reason that that um, they stopped playing Duncan Robinson is because the Heat like to play two styles of defense. They either switch everything or they play zone. And when you switch everything, you're inviting the opponent to hunt down Duncan Robinson, force the switch onto him, and then attack him. And Eric Spolstra just doesn't want to play that way. He likes the way Max Struess plays defense versus Robinson. But what's happened is in these traps, you know, they don't have three-point shooting on the court to punish Philly for trapping Tyler Hero. And their lifeline to score in the half court has been cut off. So what Eric Spolstra, I'm sure, is asking himself overnight and debating with Pat Riley and his other coaches is, is it worth putting Robinson back in the lineup so that we are more potent for three-point range, but then less effective on defense? And that is going to be a tough call, especially when you lose a game at home, you may not get another chance uh, again in this series. NBA playoffs are here on ESPN Radio tonight. We have Game 4 Warriors-Grizzlies presented by Indeed. Coverage 9.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Wendy is with me. Let me jump to the series you're covering. I, I did. I was going to ask you a few Chris Paul thoughts, but I, I did him already, and, and we haven't gotten to any of Milwaukee and Boston yet. And to me, that's the best series, and, and that's the one that you're covering and traveling back and forth with. Saturday, I, I, I think if the Celtics wind up losing, I think they will look back on Saturday with extraordinary regret not only because Jason Tatum played the worst game he'll probably ever play in his life, but even with that, on the road, they had that game won. They had the lead and the ball, and they had the shot that, that was basically in and then rimmed out, and then they had an offensive rebound that they let get away, and, and then, of course, we saw the sequence at the end where Smart doesn't get the call, and, and their tip-in by Horford is one-tenth of a second too late. Just give me your, your general temperature taking on that series right now headed to game four. Yeah, they are winning this series in the half court. Um, Milwaukee really is having trouble scoring on them like the Nets were. Their defense in the half court has been just spectacular, but they can't keep Milwaukee out of transition. 
And, I mean, Giannis killed them in transition in the third quarter, which which is where Milwaukee got leverage. Um, But, you know, in this series where you see two terrific defensive teams, you need the stars. You need the stars to deliver. And Giannis just delivered. I mean, 42 points in just a brute force performance. And Tatum just getting flustered, uh, making, you know, bad decisions, passing when he should have shot, shooting when he should have passed, just you know, not showing confidence, not attacking Wes Matthews. And I even put a little bit on the coaching staff. They aren't giving Tatum play sets that are, that is play, are playing to his strengths. I know that Boston has a, a talented roster and that Jalen Brown has had two good games and that Al Horford can really deliver. But in this situation, you need your star. And it's got it's to be Jason Tatum. This is one of the biggest games of Jason Tatum's uh, – season if not one of the biggest games of his career tonight he has got to deliver for the Celtics this series Greeny is so tight that these two teams play each other so so closely they're they're both complaining about the officiating the Celtics are falling down every time Giannis comes into the lane the the Celtics are putting maximum pressure uh trying to drive to the basket the reason they complain about the officiating is because they need it because each call is so is so um, is so vital. It really is going to come down to can Jason Tatum be the star? I voted him fifth on my MVP ballot. I voted him first team All NBA. I want to see a first team All NBA performance because they win this game. They are they re- they regain the leverage in this series. Greeny and Windy presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. You know, you just made me think of something. The You talk about how they're falling down in the lane. The level of flopping that we are seeing in these NBA playoffs, and again, I'm, I'm hosting the, the NBA coverage now for us, and, and so I'm watching every play of every game on a level that even I never have before. I've never seen it quite like this, and, and I just wonder, Wendy, what you think of it and what you're hearing from people about it. it, it I, you know, I know that some people would say, well, this has been flopping for years, and it's true, but I've never seen it like this, and I'll add even another layer. Now, because officials are reviewing everything with these flagrant fouls, we've got soccer, European soccer breaking out, where a guy gets hit, and he's rolling around on the ground waiting for a red card. He's waiting for the officials to go over and check it. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't guys in physical games taking elbows to the head and are you know, down holding their head and stuff like that. I mean, that obviously does happen. But I'm watching guys rolling around with their eyes on the officials, trying to get them to go over and review, trying to goad them into review. The, the, the attempts to, 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 to trick and bait the officials are crazy. I mean, it is the bedrock principle of the Celtics defense to foul Giannis Antetokounmpo out with offensive foul. And it's not a bad strategy because the flopping often gets rewarded. The flagrance, there's been an uptick in flagrance because guys lay on the ground until there's a, a replay. So I really don't like it, but, uh, you know, how can you argue with the strategy? And, um, you know, just in this series right here, John Horst, the general manager of the, of the Bucks gives an interview last night complaining about the officiating, I think because he was worried that there was going to be possible blowback because of the way the Celtics reacted to calls. I, I hate it, but it's unfortunately the nature of the NBA right now. 
uh, Twindy with me here. I, I agree. And if, just very quickly, because I couldn't tell if that's what you just said there or not. Are you saying they said that they got the call on the last play right that Marcus Smart did not deserve three free throws. Did you think that was the right call? In the moment, I thought it should have been free th- uh, three free throws, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you the officials never doubted it, and the league backed them up on it. And the only argument that, that there would be is that, Drew, is that um, when Drew Holiday fouled Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart wasn't even facing the basket. He would have had to turn his body. It is, it's a very complicated rule in the NBA called the gather, and he was in the middle of the gather, and that technically by the letter of the law, I think makes the officials right. But in watching the game, it, it, it was a three-shot foul, I felt. I thought so, too. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by it. And, and, and the best evidence is not one person would have said a word had it been. Like, the Bucks would not have complained that that shouldn't have no, been. No, Greeny, the crowd was devastated. The yeah. crowd in the building thought, oh, my God, they just saw the three-point right. shooter. Yeah, crazy. Uh, one more quickly from you here. Uh, we've got the, the job thing. That's horrible. I mean, I actually planned to open NBA Countdown yesterday. We didn't get a chance to get on because the, the hockey game went long. But I was going to open by saying the last thing in the world we wanted to happen in the NBA has happened, and that is John Morant is hurt because he has become my favorite player to watch in the entire sport in this postseason. But just a quick take for those who are wondering, do you believe that there was a, a, a dirty play no. by Jordan Poole, and no. do you think this series no. has gone beyond the pale? No, I think – Again, it is now not even about the in, about the injuries and the fouls. It's now about the the maneuvering. You know, Steve Kerr comes out and says he broke the code. Obviously, it was a dirty foul. Steve Kerr doesn't have to come out and say that, but he's politicking to try to get a suspension. Jock gets hurt on a very unfortunate play where Jordan Poles was trying to strip the ball. He's now going out and giving it back and saying that, oh, that was breaking the code. And Taylor Jenkins is saying, we're going to call the NBA because they're politicking for a suspension. Way too much focus on politicking and trickeration, trying to apply pressure to the league and a pressure to the officials and baiting and tricking. Let's just play playoff basketball. And I hope Ja is okay to play tonight. It doesn't sound great. And that is depressing. I agree. Wendy, you are the best, my man. Thank you. Have a good time at the game tonight, and we will talk it. Uh, we will talk tomorrow uh, or sometime very soon. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Greeny. Have a good day. Uh, he's so good. That's Brian Winhorst with me again, and he is he's covering Celtics, Bucks. I mean, you know, we have all the games now, so I'm, I'm watching all of them, of course, closely. I've been most entertained by that one. I thought Saturday that was an unbelievable game on Saturday afternoon, and I do believe, generally speaking. Teams don't lose games like that in dead-even series and still win. Like I, I think if the Celtics were going to win that series, that was the game they were going to win. We'll see if they're able to bounce back tonight. In the meantime, coming up next, we will explain one photo that was worth well over a 1,000 words. And it's after this word from NetSuite. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. There's the one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers. And then the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system with visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to netsuite.com slash greeny for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.
with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And a reminder from Straight Talk Wireless, you can try this $45 Silver Unlimited plan with nationwide 5G on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. So if you were a human being on planet Earth yesterday, you saw this photo. Brandon is here, our stage manager. Brandon, did you see the picture that Tom Brady posted at the Miami Grand Prix yesterday? He just said, no, he didn't. So I just said, if you were a human being on planet Earth, you saw this picture, and now you're saying you didn't see it. So either I'm wrong or you are not a human being on planet Earth. Let's see if we can get to the bottom. But it was a picture that we described on television this morning as the four goats. Did you see the picture? I already saw the picture. I just didn't know what I meant. So there's a picture that has Lewis Hamilton, the legendary Formula One race car driver, Michael Jordan, who needs no explanation, David Beckham, the legendary soccer star, and Brady himself. And the four of them were all together at the Miami Grand Prix. And you know, it, it begat a lot of fascinating conversation. Everyone is sitting around talking and you can debate any number of things. You can debate who's the goat of all goats. You can debate who's the most famous amongst the group. You can debate almost anything you like about it. Let's start with this. Nuno, because you have a, a far greater appreciation of international soccer than many others do. When you get outside the borders of the United States, clearly in this country, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan are infinitely more famous than Lewis Hamilton and David Beckham. It's not even close. But internationally, who is more famous David Beckham, Lewis Hamilton, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Put them in order, one through four. Brady's last. He's, For sure. He's I agree de- with that. He's dead last. Um, I would say Lewis Hamilton is going to be third. Um, I actually think Beckham is one over Jordan. And the reason I, I think that is because Beckham is still in the limelight, right? It's like... Was looking at it, he has like over 120 something million dollars, a uh, million uh, followers on social media. He's still active. Uh, I think, uh, I think he's slightly ahead of Jordan. See, I mean, I wouldn't know that, and I don't think that counting Instagram followers is a good way to do this because Jordan is just not his thing, and he he remains so well known. I think I've told this story before. And it doesn't apply to now at all, because this is a very long time ago. But when I got married, we went on our honeymoon, and we were in Marrakesh, Morocco. We took a delayed honeymoon, so this was November of 1997, the year we got married. I'm in Marrakesh, Morocco, in a place called the Dejma Elfna, which literally translated means the square of the dead. And it was the most obdurately foreign place I've ever been in my entire life. Fascinating, magnificent, but snake charmers and, um, you know, like if you take a, if you give somebody a dollar, you take a picture with their monkey on your shoulder and just, 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 just the most foreign place I've ever been in my entire life. There's no place I've ever been that I felt as far away from home as I felt walking through that place. And at one point I'm looking around And I realize that in the midst of all of this, there was a group of kids kicking a soccer ball around and two of them were wearing Michael Jordan jerseys. Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, 23 jerseys. So in that time, Michael Jordan was known 
by the kids kicking a soccer ball in the Dejma Elfna in Marrakesh. Now, Nuno, to your point, that was a very long time ago. So I don't know the fact that he has remained iconic in the places where basketball is hugely famous and popular and the fact that the sneakers and all of that kind of stuff remain such a big deal. I don't know how that impacts them. Now, David Beckham has been retired a pretty long time, too. He's married to a famous person. Tom Brady, of course, is married to a famous person in Giselle Bunchen. Uh, Victoria Beckham, is Victoria, is Posh Spice better or is she more or less famous than Giselle Bunchen? How do we judge these things? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's more famous? Brandon is, is making fun of me. Who's more famous? Posh is less famous. You're saying Giselle is more famous globally than Posh Spice? I don't know. I mean, she remains, I think, a very big deal in the world of fashion and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think she's pretty famous, too. Yeah, I think what you got to like what people don't realize with uh, Beckham is he's still involved. He does a lot of, you know, he's a global ambassador for a lot of different charities. He has, you know, a huge charity soccer game every year. So he's still, you know, he's traveling the globe. uh you know, working with all these different companies. So he's still around and he's still out there. So I think that's why, contrary to the text we just received from someone who accused me of being under the influence, uh, like he's still recognizable. All right, let's get to the most important question. Let's see, who sent a text here? Uh, oh, yeah, Pete McConville, right? I think Nuno is stoned right now. Yeah, he, he's he's disagreeing. <laughs> He's disagreeing with you. I, I, I would certainly have put Michael one. I, I would have put Michael Jordan one. I was really, I don't, I don't have a full understanding of the Formula One thing. I know how popular it has become. Lewis Hamilton and David Beckham, I don't know in what order I would have put them. And then I would have agreed with you that Brady was four. I would have thought Jordan was an obvious one. But let's actually ask the question that really matters. I'm offering you dinner with any of the four of them. Just you and that person. You get to sit and just eat dinner and talk to them for two hours. Which one are you choosing? I want Jordan. Uh, like, I just, I'm just so fascinated by the way his mind works that, like, I just want to hear, just, like, listen to him. My experience with David Beckham is that I can't understand what he says when he talks. I, 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 we met Beckham. Beckham was at a net game, believe it or not. We, had, we were doing a game on the court, and he's sitting courtside. And we went over and said hello to Stephen A., Jalen, and, and, and me. And we went over and said hello to him and took pictures and whatever it was. And he was chatting. I mean, chatting is a relative term. And it's noisy, but I could not understand a word that he said. He has a very unusual, doesn't he? He has like a very unusual speaking voice, Nuno, right? Yes. I think it depends. I think it's maybe because of where he grew up from yeah. in uh, London. But it's not just that. Like, he's got this very high-pitched, like, it's not easy to understand him when he talks. Um, you know, and Jordan, of the four of them, I have by far the most relationship with Jordan. I think dinner with Brady would be fascinating. I'd like to know the way that guy, to understand the way that guy's mind works. He's got just the perfect combination of gutsy and crazy. Uh, That'd be a lot of fun. We continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.